Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September the 6th. And uh, still some uh, feedback on the LSU game Sunday night. Uh, also, uh, the NFL teams, uh, nine NFL teams, I should say, have uh, new starting quarterbacks. Uh, elsewhere, the NCAA poll will be coming out at uh, sometime uh, today, I think closer to noon. We'll see uh, any changes in that regard. Also, we'll have some Saints news, uh, Major League Baseball. And, uh, Jeff, uh, just a, a day uh, kind of quiet before the storm. Uh, as I was driving in this morning, I saw a uh, a red sky. I guess we'll see some more rain today. Yeah, it's raining as we speak in uh, much of our listening audience. It's light. Uh, it's coming, you know, from the northwest and uh, a line moving through. Uh, yeah, we're going to see some uh, light rain throughout the morning, but maybe uh, later this afternoon some clearing. Uh, also, uh, also on tap today at around eight o'clock, we'll have uh, head football coach. Uh, uh, Terry Martin on uh, speaking about his uh, uh, Lowerville Tigers and their big win last Friday night uh, in that. So he's one of the coaches we have on each day uh, from Monday through Thursday on uh, Bayou Sports. And I guess to to start it off, you know, Jeff, uh, there, there were some rumors going around yesterday, uh, nothing that I can uh, prove or anything, that uh, Kayshawn Booty uh, had uh, taken everything down on his Instagram site with, with regards to LSU and uh, there was some uh, a little fright there, but didn't hear anything else with that. I'm sure just some of the frustration of the game uh, Sunday night. Well, it's oh. my understanding that uh, his family was abused in the stands, and a lot of uh, if if people were aware that players' families were in the stands, uh, they received a, a lot of abuse. And granted, uh, Kayshawn could have played a better game, and uh, but but still. People need to be respectful, especially a, a parent who might be sitting in the stands has nothing to do with what's going on on the field. Uh, give them a break. I, mean, I know. Come on. Just unbelievable. And uh, there were a few other Tigers, uh, you know, just the frustration with the game and having a touchdown scored late and uh, extra point to tie it up, and then it was blocked. I mean, just a lot of uh, – and, of course, the Tiger fans <laughs> on the social media accounts all over Coach Kelly <laughs> with regards to the game. I mean, uh, they ought to be – you know, they, they got back in the game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Send him back uh, to South Bend. Uh, uh, anyway, folks, you pl- that's why you play 12 games. Most instances, you're not going to win them all. There are a few teams that might do it uh, year in and year out, but not every year. And uh, the Tigers have some work to do. Uh, simple as that. Uh, you know, they've got some talent, too. Oh, no doubt. And part of me is glad the next game's against Southern, a little pressure relieved. But also, I'd like to see them get back on that bike, too, and play a competitive team and see really what they're, they're made of. And uh, you're not going to see that with Southern necessarily. No, they shouldn't. And uh, But it, uh, it'll be back on their home field, Tiger Stadium, uh, you know, it's a great game for to promote the Tigers with regards to, to the country. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, uh, what would be the outcome uh, if Florida State had scored that touchdown on the fumble that LSU recovered at the one? The game goes to, uh, you know, 31-17. to 17. Uh, Of course, uh, who knows what they might have uh, said in that regard. Uh, but in the meantime, the Tigers, uh, you know, they uh, lost a player. Injury yeah, life. they sure did. Mason Smith is lost for the year, it looks like, and he won't uh, be back, uh, I'm sure, once the uh, swelling goes down uh, with regards to his ACL. He'll have surgery and recuperate, and hopefully we'll see him um, eh, possibly in the spring. I doubt it, but uh, he should be back for next year, hopefully, with the way medicine is today. They can get those kids back up and going. Uh, LSU's uh, really first – Big competitive game uh, will be September 17th when they host Mississippi State, then New Mexico, then they go to Auburn. So by then, uh, the Tigers uh, should be uh, one, uh, I guess, uh, three and one, and uh, heading to Auburn and see how that comes out. Then Tennessee comes uh, back to uh, Baton Rouge October the 8th. They journey to Florida. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, then Ole Miss, Alabama, at Arkansas, UAB, and Tiger Stadium, and then travel to College Station to take on Texas A&M for the Tigers. So uh, 
Yeah, a lot of opportunity there. I wouldn't be surprised this team can still win uh, seven, eight, nine games. So uh, don't hold that back. I think we have a caller on the line, Jeff. Yeah, let's uh, give it a shot. 16 minutes after 7 on Bayou Sports. You're in the air. Good morning. All right, maybe doesn't want to be on the air. But uh, we'll give you one more moment to, uh, yeah, there we go. So anyway, all right. Well, feel free to call in uh, 367-1240 if you want to be a part of the show. If you don't want to be a part of the show, um, we'll be back to answering normal phone lines at about 8.15. Yeah, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Jeff, uh, in the broadcast about uh, the NFL with nine new starting quarterbacks for the 32 teams. And uh, some of them we're all obviously uh, familiar with, of course, Russell Wilson, Going from Seattle to uh, Denver, and guess who uh, Denver plays in the first game? Yeah, it is interesting, and the idea that Carolina and Cleveland—that's right, that's playing. another one. That's another one. So Mayfield will be the starting quarterback for the Panthers, and they'll play the Browns against uh, you know who, Deshaun Watson, old money bags. Yeah, so uh, uh, we'll see uh, that. The, and the Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson won't be there. That's yeah, that's right. But the. Uh, the game uh, that uh, that intrigues me is uh, the Denver-Seattle game is the Monday night football game uh, on TV. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Uh, and uh, I hate to say it, I forgot to see where they're playing. If they're, I think they play in Seattle. I don't know. don't know. Anyway, uh, but other starting quarterbacks, of course, Trey Lance uh, in San Francisco, uh, unseated Garoppolo, who stayed on with the 49ers. He, who everybody thought he'd be the, the piece, they were, the carrot they were hanging out there to move up in the draft. Apparently, uh, Lance is not uh, real pleased with that Garoppolo contract. Yeah. Even though it's obviously it's one and done, he should be pleased at least with that. He's been given the starting job. Uh, earn it now. Yeah, you're, you're right about and then, that. And then you get the next contract. Yeah, you're right. So uh, and I, I got a text. Uh, our caller was trying to call in. Uh, I guess he's going to try again. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Mariota uh, will be at Atlanta. It will be interesting to see the Saints play him this weekend over in Atlanta. He'll be the starting quarterback for the uh, Falcons. And moving – I think he was what uh, – uh, was he at Tennessee? Was he the backup quarterback he, no, he at was, Tennessee? No, no, he was the starter at Tennessee yeah, originally. Uh, Tannehill got hurt. Yeah, that's right. Was, I think he was backing up in Vegas. Yeah, that you're Raiders. correct. Yeah, because uh, Tenny Hills now in Tennessee and Carr yeah. over in uh, Vegas uh, with a uh, but Marietta found a spot to play. We'll see how he performs. That in Pittsburgh, I, I, they just seem to be settling. Like you see, some people settle with their girlfriend, uh, boyfriend, whatever the case may be. They're just settling, and that's what it seems like is going on in Atlanta and in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Although I, I wish Mitch Trubisky well. In Pittsburgh, uh, apparently he's been named a captain, and you would assume because of that the starting uh, quarterback. Uh, but, but again, they just seem to be settling. Yeah, you're right. So uh, in the meantime, uh, elsewhere, of course, Matty Ryan, Matty Ice uh, will start against the, for the Colts up in Indianapolis uh, with regard to uh, his new team. And, uh, you know, he always, he always gave the Saints fits. You were always fearing uh, he could lead a drive down the field. And the uh, Falcons would find a way to antagonize and beat the Saints in some regards. But uh, lately, uh, uh, the Saints have had his number elsewhere. Uh, and Geno Smith uh, in Seattle. Of course, the Saints saw a little bit of him last year after uh, Jameis Winston went down. And we were playing with backup quarterbacks. So uh, let's see if our caller is on the line. We can pick him up there. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, good morning. Looks like my phone finally woke up this morning. So, All right. Um, yeah, everybody got to shake the phone up a little bit. It might be full of uh, rain, you know, so uh, red sky warning. I tell you what, it's, uh, it's been a brutal uh, couple of months for golfers, for sure. Oh, and, yes. Uh, no, I heard y'all talking about LSU, and, and I, I really hope, look, I, I was not on the Brian Kelly bandwagon to, as far as a higher win. I, I really thought Coach Napier had earned – chance for that job, and, and I thought for Scott Woodward not to even interview him was a little bit of a slap in the face, but but hey, look, I was, I'm was i an LSU fan, so I'm going to support the guy that's in there and give him a chance, a fair chance, and, and for people to be jumping off the ship after one game is just, to me, incredible, because 
I mean, you really have to look at what what he was left with. You know, look, yeah, does he have a couple of skilled players? Absolutely. Uh, a couple of draft picks? Yeah. But look what they had drafted last year in the NFL draft. Look at what happened in the transport por- uh, portal. And when you consider that, that you know, just a, uh, less than a year ago for sure, um, they were suiting up 39 scholarship players to play in, in a Texas Bowl game, which they got embarrassed in. The point is, Coach O left this cupboard pretty bare. And Brian Kelly is right now is absolutely killing it on the recruiting trail. He's signing a it's, – it's a nationwide recruiting thing, which I know is going to not sit well with a lot of Tiger fans, too, because they want everybody to be from Louisiana. But the, there is talent across the country. And, you know, you've, you've got to give the man a couple of years to, to get this thing turned around. Now, he, he may absolutely made some mistakes during the game, or his coaching staff did, it, it, you know, especially – special teams coaches, I guess, but a lot of that's on the players, too, Tony. And as, as you were saying, yeah, they could have gone, you know, uh, Florida State could have gone up by another score if they don't fumble, but, you know, what if the center for LSU doesn't hike it, you know, eight feet over Jaden Daniels' head when they're driving on, on their first drive? Right. What if the league neighbors had fumbled two punts inside the 20, you know, uh, and give them short fields? I mean, it was just a, a weird game to all around. You just going forward. Look, it's going to be tough in the SEC with it with this, unless that offensive line can find some kind of magic because they they're pretty they're they're really I don't think they're going to say they're bad because they're just really young. Um, but you got to I mean, look. All I would say is, and I hate this with college players because when you start have to having to placate them uh, so they don't on the sideline, but but you're going to have to find a way to feed Booty the ball next game, and against something that shouldn't be a problem. But, you know, whether it be catch sweeps, wide receiver screen, something to get the ball in his hand and, and get him in, engaged in the game, because he, he was totally out of it the other night. <clears throat> but um, anyway, I just wanted to just, you know, just say, I mean, let's not abandon ship after, after one game. Just think back. I remember... Um, it was years ago, and they played against the Saints, I think, his first game. When uh, I was saw Aikman's debut, and it, it might have been uh, Jimmy Johnson's first game coaching Dallas. I'm not positive about that, but they we just demolished Yeah, them. the Saints they spanked them like pretty good. I remember that game. Uh, the I think they held uh, Dallas to minus yards rushing <laughs> pretty close to it in yeah. that game. It was just embarrassing with the, the – uh, the Saints' defense just eating them alive in that game, yes. And that, it was Aikman's first year, too. That's correct. Right. And, and, I mean, he had like three or four interceptions. I mean, you know, and, and uh, so the point is, you know, sometimes you inherit uh, uh, a bad situation and you've got you, you've to have a little time to, to build it up. And, and um, it's, it's a shame that the program got to the point where it did because, obviously, a couple of years ago we were, you know, raving about it being the best college football team possibly ever. and um, But that's what happens when your head coach loses control of the, uh, you know, of the, of, the, of the ship there. So Yeah, and it's uh, just one but, game. Believe me, it's one game. Florida State's already played a game. You know, they get some of those right. kinks out. And they, they still – they had Bobos on that, on that field against the Tiger defense. So it's not, uh, it's not like, you know, they weren't ready. And then – uh, the, the what I'm hearing in the last two days was it looked like when LSU played an up tempo type game, like in those last two, uh, that last quarter, it looked like they were a little more explosive, they're a little more confident, and it was all came down. And uh, look, people have extra points missed and blocked all the time. It was just one of those things, and you gotta say, hey, uh, let's go on, let's take it out on Southern, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it happens not only in college, but, you know, I was actually looking back. It, it's kind of amazing the last couple of years because it used to be when you scored a touchdown. Now, I know they moved the extra points back, you know, so it is uh, it's more like a, what, 35-yard field goal or something. But um, but I was looking back. I got into a little debate yesterday on Twitter with a guy about who has a better special teams unit, the Saints or the 49ers of all teams. But um, but anyway, you know, the Saints had that, that – the kicker of revolving door last year, and there were what was one game where the, the extra point kicker went. Yeah, uh, I think it was Brett Mayer or 
Rojas, one of them, two for five that game. You know, that's right. the point. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, look, the, the, they, they, it's something they're going to have to work on, but I have, I have no doubt that, that they, they're going to get it fixed. I mean, I, I, but gosh, it happened. <laughs> you, know, you saw that all, all weekend with, with uh, college kickers. For, I mean, look, it happens. You know, you miss yes. extra points, you miss 30 yard field goals. Um, it, it, you, you're blessed when you have a kicker like, like the Tigers had last year, but that doesn't happen very often. So, it was, look, it was a disappointing. I mean, absolutely. I mean, can, can you imagine the euphoria and, you know, if uh, <clears throat> they had, uh, you know, now, again, what everybody kind of forgets about, they assume that you tie it up and you're going to win. Nobody That's right. That's win. right. <laughs> That's right. When the touchdown was scored, everybody big, uh, everybody was exhaling, you know, especially with the time off the clock. Yeah. The only thing, the, 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 the ones that were the most disappointed was that the, the gambler had the over because it was at 47 and a half. So if they had gone into overtime, you'd be guaranteed to win. <laughs> <laughs> that's right but, that's right know, unbelievable it's yeah. unbelievable how those guys out of vegas can set those points and oh, it yeah. seems like 90 percent of the time they're pretty close too it's just that's, amazing that's, amazing that's pretty cool. you're right i i mean but but yeah it had that kind of same feeling as uh um the only difference i guess was because of the, of the um you know the excitement with a new coach and all that. Sure, uh, but it felt a lot like the River City uh, relay when the Saints scored on that miracle That's play. That's right. We mm-hmm. talked about that yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, and they missed the extra you know, points, it, you know, <laughs> to tie the game to go in overtime. Unbelievable. I think, it might have been, I think it might have been in the same end zone that happened too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I just wanted to say, look, let's not give up. And, yeah. I read all kind of just really crazy stuff yesterday on Facebook and Twitter about, you know, these kids deleting their accounts and, and, and um, uh, going to, uh, you know, they, and especially, look, they can't. I don't know where people can miss a thing about them transferring during the season because the transfer, the transfer window is over with. That's oh, right. That's correct. You, can't, you don't think any, everybody would be trying to transfer to uh, Alabama midway through the season if you could <laughs> <laughs> You're going to only have 85 on scholarship. So, uh, yeah, that's all. I, I like to say it. It's all the Walmart Tiger fans are making all the complaints. Oh. Most of the educated uh, and graduates of LSU realize that, uh, you know, they're more sensible. But there's those Walmart fans of the Tigers, man. <laughs> they, they're the ones that uh, are what's screaming on social media and all right now. So, uh, anyway. It, it, there's 11 more games left and 12 with a bowl game and possibly 13 if you play for a championship. So uh, let's see what happens. I didn't look back at Nick Saban's first game at LSU, but I know in, he, he had also inherited a program in shambles, and it took you know it took him a while to build it up. So let's yeah. just have a little patience. He got, and, beat, uh, he got beat by UAB, and who was beaten by Miami of Ohio? Uh, I can't remember who that was. I can't remember if that was Saban or Miles got beat by Miami of Ohio, and UAB had beaten Saban. So, uh, anyway, yeah. uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's right. It's football. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, y'all have a good day, guys. You too. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Anyway, Jeff, uh, uh, just about that time for our first break in the morning. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go 
to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Tuesday, September the 6th. And uh, just going over Major League Baseball uh, last night, uh, of course, uh, uh, Aaron Judge uh, still pumping him out to ballpark. <laughs> so uh, uh, as he hits number 54, uh, and ties A-Rod's record, I guess, uh, for a right-handed hitting batter. I, I don't think anybody else had hit more than that as a Yankee. I'm trying to recall. If, as a Yankee, okay. Yeah, as a Yankee. Uh, uh, he's got uh, 54. Of course, uh, the American League record is held by uh, Roger Maris, who's a left-handed hitter. Uh, set and hit 61 and 61. Ruth hit 60 in 27. And he also hit, I believe, 59 in either 21 or 22, I'm trying to recall. And uh, Mickey Mantle, a switch hitter, hit 52 and 56 when he won the Triple Crown that year. Of course, the Triple Crown uh, winning the batting average uh, title along with RBIs and home runs. Uh, uh, We're looking maybe at Paul Goldschmidt of the Cardinals being the first National League to do it since 1937 when Ducky Medwick, who also played with the Cardinals that year, had done it. But uh, right now, Aaron Judd, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, he's just smoking the ball right now. And he's hitting 300, too. Maris hit, I think, 269 that year. Of course, Ruth, back in the day, I'm pretty sure Ruth hit in the 340s or 350s when he hit his 60 home runs. But he also struck out 100-plus times. Uh, so, uh, Judd, uh, having, uh, what, 27, 28 games left to play to, uh, hit, uh, uh, eight home runs to break the record. I, my math tells me 27 more games. That was their 135th game. Okay. All right. And, uh, of course you wonder if, uh, some of those games from the first week, how many, I know the Cardinals have got to play another doubleheader or two at the end of the season or towards us in the September. So I'm wondering if the Yankees might have that same uh, uh, opportunity to play a couple more games. Until uh, about October 5th. I, yeah, I, I think that's when the season's going to be over. That's a it's Sunday. Un- no, no, it's not. It's uh, the midweek. Uh, really? Normally the season would end on that's Sunday. That's right. But again, because of the uh, delayed start of the season, because of the lockout, uh, they extended that one three-game series uh, to the back end of the schedule and then filtered in a few double headers uh, for the other games. Okay. Anyway, uh, with regards to that, uh, there now people. It's just unbelievable that now people out there are kind of setting precedent. How many games will the Dodgers win this year? Of course, they're sitting in the nineties right now, low nineties, and uh, I think they got beat last night by the Giants. Uh, the Giants, I think, beat them. they'd beaten the Giants eight straight times and. Uh, one of the uh, comments by one of the uh, journalists that said the uh, Dodgers had never beaten the Giants nine straight times. Well, they still haven't. Seven uh, to four, the final Giants won. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, uh, I'm getting a, the, the here's a, the voting pattern. There are people that think that the uh, Dodgers will win 110 games. If they win 110, I don't think the Dodgers ever won more than maybe 100 and. Uh, six maybe somewhere in there, uh, 111, 112, 109, 107, 106. And uh, uh, they're on pace right now for 112. I don't know. You know, a lot of teams when they uh, 
when when they clinch the the vision early, they start giving some of their starters a rest, and they bring up kids from the minor leagues to play and all. And uh, well, now it's not that it's a threat, uh, but there there's a better incentive now for teams not only to win the division but get that first round by. That's right. So That's the correct. Fir- the, the top two division winners get a first round by, then the third, uh, if you will, third lowest division winner has to play in that opening round. So, uh, again, uh, there is incentive to, to win games uh, beyond the uh, – in fact, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, there was no real incentive. Once you clinched your division, that was it. Yeah, that's you, right. You, you, it didn't matter what your record was. Uh, you know, if one year the American League East would have two games and then uh, the West would have three, and the next year it just flip-flopped. Same with the World Series, home field That's advantage right. just flip flopped uh, each year. It didn't matter what record was. Uh, so the, yeah, in those days, it was easy just to sit there and say, "Well, we clinched the division. We're going to coast the rest of the way." They don't expand the rosters anymore to forty, but uh, a lot of those kids would get in after um, you were either eliminated or you clinched. Yeah, it's amazing. The Yankees uh, have a five-game lead over Tampa Bay and a five-and-a-half over Toronto, and they've got 27 games left. I can recall I'm, I'm old enough to remember the the Phillies in 64 uh, having, uh, I think, uh, 10 games or 11 games left to play with a six-and-a-half game lead, and they lost the pennant to the Cardinals. The Reds were right there with them, too, those three teams. There, there was a mathematical situation where all three of them could tie, and the league was trying to figure out how would we do a playoff if we got three teams tied for the lead. But things worked out where the Phillies ended up winning their last game, Gene Mark and the Phillies that year, and uh, the Reds uh, ended up losing a game cardinals of all people they they get beat pretty bad by the mets the saturday game and then the sunday game they come back to win to win the pennant as the pirates i think took down the reds in that last game so uh anyway the yankees 81 and 54 right at 600 uh they've got a five game lead elsewhere the the interesting race over in the american league is the central where cleveland minnesota and the white Sox they're all within two games of each other with uh, basically, as you mentioned, uh, uh, 25, 28 games left to play for each one of them. So uh, that could be really interesting in that division. Houston's got an 11-game lead. Uh, they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, they won seven out their last ten. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, elsewhere over in the National, as we mentioned, the Dodgers. 92 and 42. They're playing at, uh, like you said, almost 700 baseball. They're five and five though in their last 10 games, and they got beat last night by the uh, their rivals, the Giants. Cards uh, lose a tough one yesterday, uh, but they're still seven and a half over Milwaukee, who won yesterday. Uh, and in the East, the Mets and the Braves uh, are battling it out. They still give a little hope for Philadelphia making the wild card, but. Uh, uh, the Mets and uh, the the reigning champs, the Atlanta Braves, are, uh, are in a dogfight right there. And uh, I think the uh, Mets have 27 games left uh, along with the Braves. So don't know if they play each other, but that could be interesting. They've been playing each other lately. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to work out towards uh, the end of uh, September and early October. Yeah. Again, um, you know, the Mets um, have been shining all year. The Braves and Phillies came in late. Uh, but it uh, looks like the Mets and the Braves, that's going to be it. That race, uh, the Phillies are pretty much out of it now. Yeah, uh, and uh, just uh, still uh, games left to play, though, uh, in that regard. I see where they had an article that came out about the power rankings on the NFL. Uh, our Saints, um, looks like a lot of the journalists and the sports writers don't have a lot of uh, – uh, how would you say uh, faith in the Saints? Uh, I think they're Las Vegas has set them at uh, eight and a half wins this year, uh, over and under. Um, can they pass that? Or, uh, I'm not sure if uh, the Saints have that opportunity. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have got a lot of people feeling the Saints can beat the Buccaneers because of their success defensively against Tom Brady. And again, a lot of people are downgrading Tampa Bay in general. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily just against 
the Saints, but uh, not not a lot of uh, faith in Tampa. Yeah, and uh, basically that regard comes down to uh, Brady's lost, I think, two or three of his offensive linemen that have been protecting him for the past uh, couple of years uh, since his uh, time in Tampa Bay. And it almost seems as though Gronk is a crutch of some sort. And again, I'm not suggesting uh, they can't win without Gronkowski, that he's the difference, or that Brady is that reliant on one player. But but they definitely had a bond. Yes. Oh, the, most certainly. And uh, I'm not sure if Gronk's tired of doing commercials or not. But uh, in the meantime, uh, he's not on the uh, Tampa Bay roster. He's, uh, I guess you could call him an unsigned free agent. Uh, didn't he sign a one-year deal with Tampa Bay last year? He is and, a free agent. He could go anywhere, but he's not. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, too, that uh, he's pretty much uh, – uh, set on that uh, he he's enjoying his free time right now so uh, anyway the Saints uh, power ranking preseason power ranking is 20th and uh, they say their breakout player for the Saints this year is Paulson Adebo uh, the cornerback who comes in from Stanford and just he did an incredible job last year uh, for the Saints and he played well enough to hold off a veteran that the Saints had traded for in Bradley Roby and uh, Roby now, with the loss of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the Saints traded him to Philadelphia. Uh, Roby might fill that nickel slot back that uh, Johnson did for the last few years. And uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, hopefully he's passed all his issues right now, and he's ready to play a, a full year. We've got to keep an eye on Michael Thomas. Uh, well, he... Uh, you know, uh, he came in camp, was looking great, and then had a hamstring injury. And uh, not sure if he will uh, precise and be ready. Uh, how, how hungry is he? I think that's the key. I, I think he is hungry. I, I think, and again, it could just be words, but he said all the right things. And quite frankly, he didn't need to, but he did. And so I'm optimistic that his head is in the right place. And Last thing I saw on it uh, was that there was a very good chance he'd be in the game Sunday. So Yeah, uh, let, let's hope so. Uh, he, he'll add a lot more. One thing about him, he's not going to run away from everybody or anybody. But I tell you what, for Varel Cohans, he's got him. I mean, anything close to him, it seems. I, I look back on those old days when Belinda Coffin, I'd stick him, I mean, from the tip of his hands all the way around on his jersey and everywhere. And finally, the Dripping. league. Yeah, finally, the league said, uh uh, this is bad, man. You can't keep doing this. He'd even have it on his socks. I mean, it was all over. Uh, uh, Belitnikov, Fred Belitnikov, uh, a great player with the, uh, Raiders back in the day. A contract player of the year. I'm curious to see how Marcus Davenport plays this year, Jeff. You know, he's been on on and off on the injured list and uh, missed games. He's got some talent now. Don't get me wrong. He's a great uh, bookend to uh, Cam Jordan, but uh, he needs to stay healthy if he uh, if this is his contract year. You know, getting, getting back to Bolitnikov, did Stabler ever say, well, why do you keep messing up these balls? Didn't he have to get a new one in? They scrub them and uh, get him a, a clean ball to throw so it doesn't stick to his hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you have about 20 ball Man. boys uh, making sure those balls are clean. And, and well inflated. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, in Stabler, I mean, he Stabler, I don't think, could throw the ball 40 yards down the field, but he he threw his, his southpaw, he threw it like a dart. You know, he just just a little dart. And, uh, and Coach, I, I remember <laughs> so disappointed when the Raiders ended up beating the Dolphins, you know, on that catch <laughs> late in the game uh, to Davis, I think it was, uh, back in the, uh, I want to say, the late to mid-'70s. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see Davenport. You know, he's playing. This is his fifth year in the league, Jeff. And it, if you'd asked me, I, I would have said three, maybe four. But it's his fifth Time year in flies, the league. Man. That, not only that, but uh, he had nine sacks last year, playing in only 11 games, has never played a full season. And uh, all-season surgery on his right shoulder, underwent uh, 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 surgery to amputate uh, uh, his left pinky. So moving forward from those things will will be the key. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how uh, Chris Olave is going to play for the Saints, too, the Ohio State product. I've seen uh, one article suggest he's one of two likely rookies of the year. Really? So Wow. Um, no, there is a lot of optimism. Saints moved up to get him. And, yeah, they did. So, uh, again... You know, the uh, opportunities are there for the Saints, in my opinion. They're underrated. Health is going to be a big deal. 
Uh, you talked about Thomas uh, penning out uh, likely for the season. Although uh, I, I did see one story that perhaps there is a chance he could see some action this season. Uh, but, again, we'll see. Yeah, and, of course, you know, the Saints, everybody complained about their wide receiver crew last year, and they go out and uh, mm. bring in Olave, Jarvis Landry, of course, a healthy Michael Thomas uh what more can Jameis Winston want? He's, he's got three tremendous receivers. Held the first three, one, two, and three receivers last year, now four, five, and mm-hmm. six. So that ought to tell you something with regards to the quality of the Saints receivers. Uh, elsewhere, for over and under for the Saints, it's eight and a half, I think, uh, wins. If the defense can stay together and I think play well, uh, and they play a tough AFC schedule too, uh, uh, in that regard, so they play uh, Cincinnati along with Pittsburgh, uh, the Ravens, and uh, Cleveland. So uh, right now they'd probably be favored over two of them, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Not sure if they'd be favored over the Ravens or uh, the Bengals, but uh, Bengals and Joe Burrow come to New Orleans, I think, in mid-October or somewhere in there. So it should be interesting. The Saints uh, have kind of got Tom Brady's number. If they can keep that up, along with uh, Carolina and Atlanta being down at the bottom, um, that's uh, the Saints could possibly go six and zero in their division. That would be a start. So six and t- eight, two there with uh, Cleveland and uh, possibly uh, the Steelers. That's eight wins already. So in uh, an upset here or there, of course, it could be upset. But I, I look for the Saints to possibly win ten, maybe eleven games this year if they can stay healthy, and that'd be the key yeah. with Winston. Yeah, you need a little luck in the league, but yeah. uh, health is goes a long way. But Again, and and folks know I'm no Saints fan necessarily. Uh, you know, I, I always say when Mama's happy, everybody's happy. That's so right. I'm, I'm happy when the Saints do well. But uh, I'll I'll tell you, like I think it is, uh, uh, without any fan bias. The, uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic for them. Yeah, uh, they just uh, the health needs to go. They need to see if they can uh, hold on to Kamara for 17 games, and uh, and Ingram can give him a, a supplement his uh, support along with a run, another running back or two. Maybe it be Tony Jones Jr. or Washington, but uh, need uh, another back to ha- have some uh, some take away some minutes so they can get some rest uh, during the course of the season. And uh, we'll see if Winston. Uh, will no longer be the gunslinger, but be a little more precise and have some precision with his downfield passing. And, and, and uh, that was something he honed in on prior to last season, and we saw some positive results uh, because of it. Yeah, it looked like Peyton almost had the harness on him and uh, with that regard, and he did a good job before he got hurt. Saints were 5-2 and two when he went down, and then the kicking situation uh, just got uh, uh, horrible. But uh, anyway, we got Lutz back. Let's see if we can keep him up and uh, – and the Saints have a decent year. We'll find out starting uh, Sunday at noon as they travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our next break. You'll listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Sunday the 11th, it's a special breakfast fundraiser for St. Francis Diner with T.K. Hewlin and Steve Adams from 9 to 12, and then the Saints at noon. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. 
Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And, uh, Jeff, I saw a pretty neat picture with regard to uh, Michael Desimo. Uh, after the game uh, against uh, uh, Southeastern the, the other night, uh, he had a bunch of his uh, teammates, literally, who played with him at UL, were, took a big picture together. Oh, they were probably as many as 20 of them in that picture celebrating his first uh, regular season win uh, at Cajun Field. So uh, that was pretty neat, I thought. And uh, and just uh, I think that just goes to show his testament of how well he was liked and uh, what a great job he did as a quarterback at, uh, for the Cajuns back when he played. And I know he set a lot of uh, school records and all with his running and throwing the football. And uh, so hats off to uh, Mike Decimo on his first regular season win. Hopefully we'll have many more as the Cajuns uh, uh, this week uh, uh, will be taking on, I believe, Eastern Michigan, who won their game last week. So both teams come into Cajun Field uh, at 1-0. and I think game time is 6 p.m. Uh, Saturday. And uh, don't, uh, talking about thunderstorms with a high of 84 and a low of 71 uh, Saturday evening. Uh, Cajuns, as I mentioned, 12.5 point pick. Uh, 56.5 is over and under. And, uh, of course, Eastern Michigan scored 42 points last week. Not sure who they played. They had about 400 yards in total offense. Uh, 271 passing, 124 rushing. And... Uh, Pretty good, uh, 54% on third down uh, efficiency. Uh, fourth down, they didn't try one. Uh, time of possession, 28 minutes. Uh, so interesting matchup to Eastern Michigan. You might be a little more familiar with them than I am. Yeah, they, they had a bit of a down year last year. Um, they play in the Mid-American Conference. Pretty good uh, mid-major football conference. I think they rival the Sun Belt. Some folks uh, may think the Sun Belt's a little bit stronger these days, but Eastern Michigan, um, AI, I'm, I'm looking to see who they did play, and that'll give me a better idea of um, what that score necessarily uh, meant, if anything. But, yeah, I, I think the Cajuns are, unless there was vast improvement at Eastern Michigan, uh, they should be uh, heavily favored. Yeah, and but, you know, I'm looking at some of the, um, the, the, I guess, the venues with regards to the Cajuns in Eastern Michigan. Of course, of Playing at Cajun Field, Lafayette, Louisiana, TV, NFLN. I, I, I wonder if that was – I don't know if they'd be on the NFL Network on a Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Well, and, but, it, but good for the NFL Network uh, to do that if, if indeed it is. Uh, why not? Well, I'm just like, that's what I see. I'm not saying it's correct or incorrect, but that's what I, I see here on my notes. And uh, – and I'm just uh, I'm looking, and uh, heck, uh, who knows? Uh, if you have the access to the NFL Network, of course, ESPN Plus, it usually is where you can pick up the Cajun games. I think there's a nominal fee of so much a month, or if you wish to pay it in It's annual. becoming less nominal all the time. Yeah, oh, yes. I but, think. but then you get a lot with it. I, I've got yeah. to admit... Um, yeah, that's what it says, NFL Nut. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm seeing, too. Yeah, it's 6 o'clock. So, uh, Cajuns, uh, heck, for, good for them. I, I, I'm trying to find some information to see how our local uh, products, uh, Peter LeBlanc, uh, Hill, Green, and uh, and Trey Amos played in the uh, in the game uh, Saturday night. Couldn't find anything. I, I saw where Peter, I don't think, caught a ball. So, I'm, if anybody would know, was Peter injured or wasn't able to play uh, Saturday night against uh, the Lions of Southeastern? So uh, I'm sure Hill, uh, Hill Green had his typical good game. Trey Amos was the starting corner for them. I uh, don't know if he had an interception or not. I'm going to try to maybe see. I don't know if I can pull up the, um, the actual stats from the game. But those three young men from New Iberia, uh, 
uh, or, or continue to uh, be with the Cajuns and play, and uh, all three of them start in one capacity or another. So uh, can't find anything on any of them, Jeff. Yeah, um, as far as Eastern Michigan, they played Eastern Kentucky, a member of the Western Athletic Conference, and uh, don't know what kind of level of football that is uh, at all. Yeah, same here. Utah Valley um, in there, maybe uh, Sam Houston, is that possible? Yeah, just uh, looking at some of the stats I've uh, pulled up, I, I didn't see where Peter caught a pass or necessarily ran the football defensively they have no stats here well, a lot of the teams that were in the southland conference uh, went to this western athletic and i guess that's uh fbs yes yes western athletic and isn't that where uh boise state yeah might be and uh some others out UT in that area Arlington, yeah wyoming maybe southern utah seattle u seattle, seattle u yeah that's where elgin baylor played in college uh, basketball in Seattle, University of Seattle, Seattle U. Uh, but anyway, uh, just looking at the stats from the UL game, uh, Lumpkin uh, had five catches for 72 yards and two scores. Uh, Combre or Com had uh, two for 34. Chris Smith, two for 23. Jefferson, who's going to be a big weapon for him this year, had two catches for 21 yards. Uh, Jay Bernard, a young man out of uh, Covington area, one catch, 16 yards. And uh, pretty much uh, it, uh, Fields was 13 out of 20 for 173 yards and two scores. Woolridge got in the game, 7 for 11, 68 yards. Uh, leading rushers was Williams, uh, 10 carries, 61 yards. 13 was his long. Chris Smith, 12 carries, 44 yards. 11 was his long. Cabote, I guess that's how you pronounce that, uh, 6 carries, 27 yards, along with D. Washington. Woolridge had one carry. Fields was uh, five carries for minus five yards, so pretty much uh, wraps up the Cajuns uh, kicking. Uh, Stafford was one out of two on field goals, along a 36. He was three for three on extra points. Burns punting, four punts, 46.3 yards, along a 49, so he was pretty consistent in that regard. Have no, per se, defensive stats for the Cajuns. So uh, pretty much as they take on Eastern uh, Michigan, uh, Saturday night at Cajun Field, we're uh, looking for win number two for head coach Mike Desimo. Yeah. Communication uh, issues uh, were talked about. Uh, the, one of the first things uh, they need to overcome, uh, dealing with some communication stuff. So uh, the Cajuns, uh, 2-0, and head coach. Uh, Mike Desimo is technically 2-0, uh, and uh, meaning, uh, well, talking about coach, won the bowl game against Marshall and then uh, knocking well, off Southeast. I don't think you have to say technically. He is. Yeah, that's right. He's 2-0. 1-0 for the season, per se. But he coached the bowl game last year over in the Dome when they took down Marshall. And I saw where they tromped somebody uh, Saturday. I think they scored 70 points against someone, uh, if not the high 60s. Uh, so Marshall can score. Uh, Coach Desmo did a good job in that, that game last year. So, Jeff, let's uh, go ahead and take our next break, and we'll bring on our next uh, high school coach, who would be uh, a coach – uh, I have coach here. Uh, Terry Martin. Yeah, Terry Martin from Lorville. I'm terribly sorry, coach. Uh, anyway, we'll have him on the next few moments and talk about his game. Last Friday night, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimum invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery opioids or major downtime when you're in pain you know who to call headache and pain center 337-560-0880 or go to answer to hey guys if you're looking for the top golf experience in iberia parish you need to look no further than cane row golf and turf club low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens the recently refurbished sand traps and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Sunday the 11th, it's a special breakfast fundraiser for St. Francis Diner with T.K. Hewlin and Steve Adams from 9 to 12, and then the Saints at noon. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And with us this morning is head football coach uh, Terry Martin with the Lorville Tigers. Good morning, coach. Good morning, y'all. Thank y'all for having me on. Well, we always appreciate you coming on for us. We know you have a busy busy schedule. And, uh, coach, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your game uh, last Friday night? You, I do believe you played the e Bobcats. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh Again, uh, I would say for, for most of the people watching, probably pretty nerve-wracking, but, but uh, and again, a lot of sloppy play. It was obvious that it was the first game of the season. It was a week one game for both of us. I guess kind of in a way, like you see, if you watch that, like it's pretty obvious uh, that, that it was Sunday. I'm sorry, Sunday. It definitely looked like it was their first game of the year. And I think for both of us, uh, a lot of mistakes that I think in the future you know, we'll clean up. But overall, just a, probably a really good football game to watch. Came down to the last few seconds. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we have a kid who's been forced into action playing quarterback who didn't play the last two years at all. And, uh, you know, not only did he have to kind of make some adjustments and run some things that he hadn't prepared for because of how they were playing us in the game, he ended up in his first high school start, had to direct a two-minute old drive. Uh, I want to say we probably had under two minutes uh, when we got the ball back. And he was able to, to to move the team down the field and hit hit a, a ball probably from about the ten yard line, uh, slant for a touchdown that would eventually put us up with twenty five seconds left. Uh, and then fortunately for us, because they they're pretty good on offense, when we kicked off, uh, we, we we got a good lick on their return man and he fumbled and we ended up being able to recover the ball and, and line up and take a knee. So pretty pretty exciting football game for week one, that's for sure. There you go. Kind of a short week uh, with Labor Day, um, or did that affect uh, your week at all? Uh, I, again, you know, we bring our kids on, on the days that we, for whatever reason, have off of school. We typically try to bring them in at 8 o'clock in the morning. We, uh, we, you know, our routine throughout the whole season, actually all the way in, until we finish the season, we do uh, try to focus a lot on, on our speed and sprint training uh, on Monday and Wednesday, where, uh, you know, we, we time our kids with lasers and different type of uh, of hopefully speed improvement drills on Monday and Wednesday before we actually start practice. We do that every Monday, Wednesday. We, uh, we do a lot where we work on our explosion and jumping. You know, we test their vertical every Monday, Wednesday after we, uh, we time them with the lasers. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, those are the days that we actually, we lift. Uh, Tuesday's normally kind of a heavy day for us. And Thursday is just kind of more Olympic type, like, uh, clean, explosive type lifts. So yesterday morning, we had them in. We started at 8 o'clock. Actually, some of the kids showed up early, probably about 7.30. We started timing them, so we did our regular sprint training. And then, uh, we, you know, the, the last couple of years, you have more and more research that comes out and shows that, uh, that especially concussion, are kind of cumulative-type injuries, you know, they kind of build as you go throughout the week. Uh, that The more contact you have during the week, eventually you, you see those type kids end up having more chances of, uh, of having a concussion. So... Once we get started into our regular season, our Mondays are pretty much just installment days. We'll go, you know, we'll, we'll do, like I said, our sprint training, and then we install the entire game plan in jerseys and helmets. You know, we stay in shorts. We don't put on pads on Mondays. Uh, still for those, you know, kids who are still kind of banged up from, from the Friday before. So uh, I've just found it works better. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of things I've probably changed uh, throughout my career, you know, if I can find something that works better, you know, I like to keep things the same and stay consistent, but if I find something that works better, you know, I'm definitely, uh, I'm going to do it regardless of what a lot of other people do. So, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Wednesday is our big days and pads. And so we just had a regular practice. It was just at eight o'clock in the morning. I want to say everybody was out of here probably around 11, maybe 1130. And, uh, that way the kids, you know, had the rest of their day off. Uh, it's all, it is a little nerve wracking too, because you always got to wonder who's not going to show up. You know, uh, ever since I've been a head coach, we've always had a policy that if a kid has an unexcused absence for any day of the week, 
they don't get to dress or even come on the sideline or come to the game with us. Uh, I found that, you know, all the running in the world doesn't really work. Uh, but that Friday night is the one thing most kids want. And, uh, and again, sometimes it's, you know, probably cost us uh, not having a kid, you know, who we really needed to be there. But I, I just found that's the only way to really hold kids accountable is that Friday night game. And so, you know, one, the whole time we're getting ready to start, I'm walking around with my clipboard making sure that everybody who's here and, you know, needs to, it's, needs to be here is here. But uh, fortunately for us, you know, everything worked out, and, you know, we got a pretty good day in yesterday morning. There you go. Uh, apart from uh, your scheduled weight training, uh, what do you recommend for or against kids uh, working out on their own? God, and you know what? We have, uh, man, we have several kids who do that, and, and, and I have to caution them often. Uh, well, we have several kids who have memberships to other gyms, and you know, just for them to realize, you know, all kids think they're immortal. You know, they're never going to get hurt. Uh, they can do whatever they want. Uh, the big problems we have, they don't worry about hydration and nutrition like they need to, and they don't sleep like they need to. That's the, the two big things that's hard for us to control. But we do have several kids who, who love that weight room. And, and, and so, you know, I, I've seen in the past, sometimes they overdo it, you know, and those kids will get hurt. So uh, I, I'm not against it. What I try to encourage them or make them understand is that if they're going to do anything extra, uh, most of the time it's in the off season. It's not as much during the season just because they don't have time to do it. You know, uh, we do have some kids, uh, our older kids, who's the, the seniors who have caught up and are ready to graduate and they may not need as many credits as some of those younger kids do. They'll be done with school earlier, so those kids will actually come and do a little bit of extra lifting. But I just try to get them to, if they're going to lift, to lift on the same day that they lift with football. That way you're getting at least that one-day break. You know, and it gives you that 48-hour window that they need to recover as far as for weight training. That, uh, and again, they, they don't think that's you know, that important. They think they can recover. But, but unfortunately, sometimes you will see some type of overuse injuries or, or stress injuries just because they're actually doing too much. So uh, it is always a concern, uh, especially in the hot part of the season, August, September, when they're really getting beat up and they got to fight through the heat. That's when you see some of those kids kind of break down, you know, get, get hip flexor pulls, groin pulls, uh, you know, just something like that that may really, you know, hurt them. I had a kid who, who hurt uh, his entire pec muscle. He was benching, you know, and doing too much on a day where it already lifted. So it is a concern for us. Uh, but, again, at the same time, it's kind of a, you know, you want your kids to be motivated and to, to look to do a little bit of extra work. They just have to understand that sometimes more is not better, you know, is what they don't understand. Gotcha. JV action tonight? Yes, sir. We uh, we have actually have Nish coming over uh, tonight because we played the Quincy Friday. Obviously, that's kind of far to try to schedule a JV game. So any time we have a, a Friday night opponent that's really far away, we try to find local schools to play. And uh, and again, I know those guys. Uh, now I actually worked with Chad Porcio for a couple of years. Been knowing him for a good while. Know Josh Lehrman pretty well. Uh, so so you know they had an open date and we did too. So you know hopefully we can kind of hang with them again. You know five A and a two A. But we've played them in the past and been able to do pretty well. So, uh, you know, they're there in the you know, beginning stages trying to build the program, you know, just, just like, you know, a lot of us were a few years back. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, some, some good friends of mine. So we are having a, a freshman JV game here at 6 p.m. tonight. Real good. I know Saturday morning when we spoke, you didn't uh, have a lot on De Quincey. I would imagine you've picked up uh, a little since then. Uh, what do we know about this team Friday night? Oh. Man, I tell you what, talk about a unique offense. They, uh, I would, you know, obviously a very old school type offense. In in the scrimmage, jamboree, and week one game, all the plays they've thrown the ball, they've thrown the ball a total of three times. In, on, on the three films that we have on them, they, uh, they they line up without receivers. You know, they have two tight ends and they have slots and running backs in the backfield. So it's a very compressed formation. They look like they average about two thirty to two forty across the front. Real big kids, and when I tell you they're physical, they are physical. They, uh, they, they are, they'll call the play in the huddle, and then the center sprints to the line of scrimmage. He gets ready, and when they break the the rest of the ten guys break the huddle, they sprint to the line of scrimmage, line down, and snap the ball before you really have a chance to see what form. You know, if there's any adjustments in their formation, you really you, you won't be able to tell. Uh, it's almost like those people who play Acadiana for the first time. You know, you'll see them on film, and, and I, I know so many people. Will tell the officials, hey, they're illegal. They're not set for a second. You know, they, they they put their hand in dirt and they come off before it's a full second. It's almost what the Quincy looks like. They're coming off the ball so fast that uh, that, that it you know it's hard to line up. It's going to be definitely hard to recognize if they change a formation, you know, in any way. 
So, uh, but but again, they they're not scared to run it down your throat the entire game, and that's kind of concerning because we did get a little tired. Uh, you know, again, we have six, seven guys going both ways, and uh, we, you know, Erath put you know, at the times when they ran the ball, they, you know, they 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 kind of push us down the field sometimes because after those first two three series. So again, it's, it's a, a kind of an, uh, a concern for us. Can we line up? Can we hold up? You know, and again, hopefully. Uh, you know, we can kind of hold on to the ball a little bit because it's something that you don't see too often. It's definitely unique how, how they run their offense. Uh, Coach, I mean, do they run, uh, as crazy as this may say, they don't run a single wing type offense, do they? Uh, it's, it's not. It's really not wing T based. Now, they, they will run a buck type sweep that, that, you know, all the old wing T guys run. Uh-huh. But uh, they'll run a little bit of here, but, uh, and they run the G off of it. They will run some speed sweeps. So I, I guess it's. It's you know it's more similar I guess to a wing tee than, than anything else but uh but again it's, it's just two tight ends on each side there's no receivers and and uh you know they they will run a, a real fast speed motion well let me put it to you this way the quarterback they'll run like everybody used to talk about LSU's power toss you know they they mm-hmm. they're blocking power like we run out of the eye but they actually toss it to the back and as soon as the quarterback reverses and tosses it he's an additional lead blocker he looks like he's about six two. Oh, God, he's got to be close to 200 pounds, I would think. So in addition to the guard pulling and leading on the play, you got this big freaking quarterback leading through the hole. So, you know, it's going to be difficult to stop, and that's by far their favorite play. It's a toss play, but they're actually blocking power, and they're coming downhill, and they'll run that sucker over and over again. So I got a feeling, again, it's going to be one of those, you know, those bloody battles like you know, we just had this week. You know, So hopefully we can, we can withstand it and hold on to the ball when we're on offense. Well, uh, with that, you're going to be our Kane Radio Game of the Week this week as uh, the Tigers will host uh, the DeQuincy Tigers in a big uh, non-district showdown over at, in uh, uh, Lorville this week. And uh, hopefully, Coach, the, the rain will hold off and you can get some good practices in and, yeah. uh, and uh, look forward to uh, having you uh, and your team uh, be our second broadcast of uh, the current football season. Sounds good to me, man, I, especially the part about the weather. Hopefully we can get that, that rain and lightning to hold off. No doubt. Coach, uh, again, appreciate you joining us. And, again, we'll look forward to uh, being there Friday night and talking again Saturday morning afterward. Sounds good. Thank you all very much. I hope you all have a good week. Thank uh, you, Coach. You too, you too, Coach. Good luck. Appreciate that. Uh, indeed, DeQuincy uh, taking on Lauraville Friday night. Uh, looking at the roster, uh, they've got, a, as Coach mentioned, some Pretty good size, uh, but numbers, too. Yeah. They that, dress a uh, bunch of kids. Yeah, not only that, but uh, their Jamboree game, they beat a, a, a 4A team in LaGrange, uh, 21-12. to They came back their first game in the regular season. They played uh, Westlake, which uh, is a pretty good-sized school, and they got they got, they got got hammered pretty good, 46-14. to But uh, beating a, an upscale school, of course, they play the Tigers uh, – of uh, Lowerville this week at seven o'clock, a uh, six fifteen uh, airtime and seven o'clock kickoff. Uh, this Friday, uh, maybe a little bit of a later pregame start okay. time, maybe six thirty. Okay, uh, just because of some uh, unforeseen circumstances. Okay, all righty. Anyway, uh, today in sports history, September the sixth, in nineteen twenty, Jack Dempsey KOs Billy Minsk in the third round for the heavyweight boxing title, and it was the first radio broadcast of a prize fight. Is that right? 1920. Elsewhere, in 1943, the U.S. uh, National Championship men's tennis team up in Forest Hills, Joe Hunt beat fellow American Jack Kramer for his lone major title. In 1945, A's catcher, that's Philadelphia A's catcher, before they moved to Kansas City and then Oakland, uh, Greek George punches umpire Joe Rue and gets suspended. Wow, don't know how many games it was. <laughs> Might have been the rest of the season. Anyway, uh, there's a few baseball players that like to punch a few umpires, but uh, you're not allowed. 1946, there's All-American. umpires I wouldn't mind <laughs> punching, too. <laughs> anyway, 1946, All-American Football Conference begins its regular season play. Yes, what's the All-American Football Conference? Well, it was the... Uh, the other end for the against the NFL at the time and the Cleveland Browns uh, with uh, uh, beat the Miami Seahawks forty four to nothing in front of sixty thousand people at Cleveland's Municipal Stadium. Of course, uh, the American uh, All American Conference merged into the NFL in the late forties, and the Cleveland Browns uh, had a pretty much they dominated in that conference and. 
pretty much the NFL, too, with Otto Graham. Elsewhere in 1953, Roy Campanella sets the homer record by a catcher. He hit 50, uh, 38 that year for the 53 Dodgers. In 54, the Yankees used, well, Casey Stingle, the Yankees used a record 10 pinch hitters in a game. They don't say how long the game lasts, but 10 pinch hitters in one game. 63. It's almost, you know, you got to pull some pitchers. Yeah, well, uh, off the bench to, to pinch hit. Yeah, you only got 25 on the team back then. Ten. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just strange that Casey Stingle, he was the one that really started platooning players, too, p- putting left-handed hitters against right-handed pitchers and vice versa. Uh, anyway, in 1963, historian Lee Allen says Indians and Senators game uh, that particular day is game 100,000 in Major League Baseball history, 1963. 75... Czech tennis star Martina Navratilova asked for U.S. political asylum in New York, and I think she won the U.S. Open that year, too, so hopefully they granted it. 1980, U.S. college football's longest losing streak of 50 games ends for McAllister College of St. Paul, Minnesota. 1981, Robert Granville, Bob Lemon, named the Yankees manager for the second time. I wonder how many times Billy Morton was fired, probably five. 1982, the Pittsburgh Pirates retire Willie Pop Stargell's number eight. 1986, Michael Spinks take KO's Stephen Tankstead in the fourth for the heavyweight boxing title. And on this date, we talked about it yesterday in 1995. Where were you? When uh, Cal Ripken Jr. broke uh, Gehring's record of uh, playing in 2,131 straight games. Of course, he set the record, which... I do believe it never be broken. Twenty six hundred and thirty two games. It's tough to get a guy to play every game in one season, let alone fifteen, and start yeah. every game. Of course, yeah. Gehring uh, basically started a few games, and uh, after he took his turn at bat or maybe in the field, uh, sat out too. Not many, but there were a few. Elsewhere in nineteen ninety six, Baltimore Orioles uh, Eddie Murray on the same day that Ripken broke the record a year earlier, hit his five hundredth home run. Birthdays today, Vince DiMaggio. That's right, Vince DiMaggio. The older brother of Joe DiMaggio was a center fielder. And Dom. Yeah, and Dom was also uh, the younger brother. The three brothers never did play together, but uh, born in Martinez, California, uh, in that regard. So Dom, Vince, and Joe all played in the major leagues. Dom played mostly with the Red Sox. Vince with the Pirates, I believe, in the, Amer- in the National League. And then one uh, notable death today uh, in 2020, Lou Brock, the former Southern alum and Baseball Hall of Famer outfielder in World Series uh, in 64, 67, 68, uh, stolen base leader until Ricky Henderson broke it, uh, dies from multiple myeloma at 81, and the Cardinals retired his number 20 jersey, Lou Brock. uh, Still remember him stealing bases left and right for the Cards back in the 60s and 70s. And that's today in sports history, Jeff. Uh, anything else? Any other headlines? Maybe might have come out while we nothing, were on the air. Nothing fresh. Uh, just more confirmation uh, that the LSU Tiger uh, Mason and his last name is escaping Smith, Smith uh, out for the season. More yeah. than likely, just more confirmation. Uh, not not news necessarily, but more confirmation. Uh, Tiger Rag reporting. Yeah, just uh, sorry to see the big, good-looking kid from Homer, Louisiana. Oh, six, four, five, probably three hundred pounds plus, and uh, what's going to be a, a big uh, uh, loss for the Tigers' defensive line when they were promoting their four defensive linemen. Uh, just uh, really, uh, we're going to put the defense on the map this year. So uh, we'll see uh, what takes place now. All right, big thanks to uh, our guest today, Coach Terry Martin of Lorville. Tomorrow on the show, a couple of coaches at about seven thirty: Artie Lauza from Delcom and. Then uh, Coach Rick Hudson from Highland Baptist at about 7.45 tomorrow. Once again, thanks to our Bayou Sports sponsors, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center. News is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes, and then uh, more of the Breakfast Club with Lee K. Stay with us. You're listening to KANE, 1240 AM, and K298CQ, 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. K-A-N-E.